on the Grueling Truth Sports Network. The NFL show is brought to you by Path of Purity. It's the world's only full-spectrum 50-milligram CBD tablet with a built-in two-stage delivery system tied to how our bodies work for optimal bioavailability and absorption made from the ground up using specially bred premium source cultivars for a superior entourage effect. Path of Purity offers unparalleled quality and value. And now through a special offer, you can buy Path of Purity direct and receive a two-month supply at the price of one month by clicking pathofpurity.direct. I'm your host for the NFL show, Mike Goodpasser. Right now, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Sam Teets. How you doing, Sam? Doing great, Mike. How about you? All right. So here's the question. Philip Rivers is retired. Should he be in the Hall of Fame, Sam? By our criteria, which is only the best players get in, by the Hall of Fame criteria, he'll probably get in after a couple of years. I think he'll probably go in right away just because of the numbers and everybody seems to like him. First ballot, I'm, I would there. I mean, I'm willing to let you could probably get in after maybe years, but first ballot, I think, is really stretching it. I think any ballot's really stretching it. I mean, was <laughs> there a time where he was even considered one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL? Was his best year? His best year might have been 2010. He might have been a top five guy at the time. I think top five is probably the highest he ever got. Well, and where does he sit as opposed to a guy like Eli Manning? Eli's got the rings. I mean, that's a difference maker, right? Eli won two Super Bowls. Yeah, the, he- rings are, the rings are always the difference maker. And, I mean, if he had a ring, it would be a no-brainer. But without a ring... I mean, he's just Dan Marino with a bunch of passing yards. And not as good yeah, as well, yeah, if Drew Brees, well, yeah. And if Drew Brees retires this offseason, you've got Drew Brees and Philip Rivers going from the ballot at the same time. And that really demonstrates the difference between what a Hall of Fame quarterback looks like and what Philip Rivers, the guy who's just a very good quarterback without the rings, looks like. Yeah, Drew yeah, Brees. Drew Brees, yeah, Drew Brees won the Super Bowl. And the Chargers screwed up getting rid of Drew Brees. But then again, does Drew Brees ever win a Super Bowl in San Diego? Probably not. San Diego, they had some good players on both sides of the ball, but the management and coaching to some degree, I think it would have been a problem. All right, let's go to our next topic. I'm bored with Philip Rivers already. You wrote an article about the top 50 players under the age of 25 in the NFL. And we're going to pick through it today and see if we agree or disagree. So we're going to go ahead all the way down here to the top 20. And let's start from the top, though. Because I I have issues with some of these. Number one, Quentin Nelson. I don't think I have an issue with it. But to me, I think Josh Allen should be number one. I mean, Josh Allen's a guy who's got his team in a championship game. He's improved a ton over the last year. Quentin Nelson, you know, didn't have his greatest season this last year. I would put Josh Allen number one here. See that, but is that partially inflated because he's a quarterback? I mean, you're talking about having him in the championship team, but obviously he's going to have a larger impact on his team than Nelson. If Quentin Nelson was, let's say, a quarterback, he'd be a top three quarterback in the NFL because he's the best guard right now, even on a bad season. So I think the issue... There's Quentin Nelson, this guy, three-time first-team All-Pro in three years as an NFL player, versus Josh Allen, who just had his one good year after three years into his career. And a very good year, by the way, an MVP caliber year. But I still think Quentin Nelson, the guy who's been the best guard in the NFL the past three seasons, should rank above Josh Allen. 
All right. And my other case is this. I would make a case for Nick Bosa if we could keep him healthy because I think he should have been the defensive player of the year last year. I know he was the rookie of the year. I don't know if there's anybody more dominant. Christian McCafferty, really with those top four, I could see you having him in any order. Yeah, Nick Bosa, like you said, I was really expecting a huge year from him because he had some decent numbers last year, but his impact went beyond that. Just, I mean, he was what made that defense so good. Without him, I don't think that San Francisco defense would have been nearly as good as it was, especially because he had the 45 quarterback pressures, which, which didn't always translate to sacks. But he was so dominant up front, and Christian, obviously, leading the NFL in yards per scrimmage. He's arguably, he's arguably a better option than a lot of receivers in the NFL coming out of the backfield. So if he stays healthy, it's just a question of health for most of these guys up here in the top five. If they stay healthy, these guys have Hall of Fame potential. Yeah, number five, Derwin James. My problem is he really hadn't played since 2018. He played five games in 19. He didn't play at all this year. And his ability to stay healthy, to me, may even drop him down a little bit on the list because it's not just one year. This has been a year and a half now where he's missed. You know, I understand that. I can totally understand criticism about moving him down. I tend to side a little bit more with players being able to stay healthier players, their potential remaining despite injuries. So I'm hoping that like he comes out still as good as he was as a rookie because he came in and lit the NFL on fire. And like I said, as a rookie, first-team All-Pro, three interceptions, 13 passes defense, three and a half sacks, and 105 tackles. When Derwin James is at his peak self and he's fully healthy, he's the best safety in the NFL. So you've only got five generational talents. That means nobody else here you consider a generational talent, correct? That's correct. These are the guys, top five, are players that I think if they were fully healthy, and I have to say if they were healthy, these guys would be first-team All-Pros almost every year, and they would be Hall of Fame players. So I would make the case Joe Burrow should be in there. I knew you would. I, I knew it was going to – I didn't think you would go all the way to tie, but I knew you were going to make a case for Joe Burrow being much higher I mean, if, if we go down here, Joe Burrow, you've got it number 19. So Joe Burrow, you, you all these guys ahead of him, you would take over Joe Burrow. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Josh Allen really? play at an MVP level. I've not seen – Joe Burrow played an MVP level. He's played at a borderline top 10 level, granted on a bad team. He played at a borderline top 10 level at a best. Borderline top 10 level, which in his second year, Josh Allen was not even at that level. Yeah, but you have to wait a little bit. I'm not going to give him it right now just because I think, oh, maybe he could be good. He hasn't proven to me that he's going to be an elite quarterback yet. Come on, you got Frank Ragnow ahead of him. Yeah, the second best center in the NFL versus a borderline top 10 quarterback. Oh, the second best center in the NFL. Whatever. Says who? Pro Football Focus? Pro Football Focus, uh, Associated Press, me. Yeah. And I don't give a shit what any of the three of you think. Um, Marlon Humphrey, Tristan Wirfs, I mean, Lamar Jackson. You would rather have Lamar Jackson as the quarterback of your team? Lamar Jackson, 4,000. That's worth something like 4,770 total yards of offense this year. And Joe Burrow had 10 games before getting hurt. In those 10 games, 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, an 89.8 passer rate. Look, I understand he's a generational prospect coming out of college, but let me be clear. Joe Burrow did not blow me away in his rookie season. Now, Greg, Andrew Luck didn't either. Andrew Luck was still a very good so quarterback. Lamar so Lamar Jackson blew you away this year? No, neither of them did. Oh, but you would rather have Lamar Jackson? I'd rather have the one who's played at least two full seasons versus the guy who played 10 games. Really? Okay, so if I gave you an NFL team right now and said you could have Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow as your quarterback, you're going to take Lamar Jackson? How's my offensive line? It doesn't matter. 
Because no, your offensive absolutely. line is going to suck because it sucks for both teams. I mean, Baltimore could run block, but they don't pass block. Well, I need to know with a run block. If it can run block, I might take Lamar. But if you can pass block, if it's pass blocking centric, I'm going to take Joe Burrow. Well, I would say this. I, I would tell you that you probably ought to take the quarterback that can throw successfully and doesn't throw bad picks in bad situations. Um, I was impressed with your Jesse Bates at number 10, though. You was you were impressed? I was impressed, but Jesse Bates should not be ahead of Joe Burrow either. Nobody in the world should ever be ahead of Joe Burrow at anything. Jair Alexander, I can see at six. Justin Jefferson at seven. Um, Saquon Barkley at eight. Is, is he ever going to be healthy, though? That's the thing I'm saying. He's, he's legend at this point. The idea of Saquon Barkley almost outweighs what Saquon Barkley has actually done at this point. We saw his rookie season. What he's capable of, great as a rookie. Five yards per carry, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, and 15 total touchdowns. Missed three games last year, clearly was not all healthy throughout the entire 2019 season. And then just two games this year. And, and you worry with running backs. Honestly, this happens with a bunch of backs. I worry about those with even Christian McCaffrey. Once you have that one major injury, because Tiger will have this happen in. Once you have that one major injury, does everything just fall apart? I do worry that's a potential yeah, I- that could happen with six. I don't even think I'd have Barkley in the top 20. Yeah, I know. You you weren't a big Barkley fan, right? I remember you not yeah, liking him Yeah, I've, I've always been a big Barkley fan. My question was, coming out of college, if he'd be able to stay healthy with his size and the way he runs. And the first year he was, but since then, he hasn't been. And if a guy can't stay healthy, I would have a hard – see, this, this is the thing. When you're talking about best players under 25, my mind goes to what guys would I want on my team. And when I look at this, I'm willing to give Christian McCaffrey a pass as long as it doesn't happen again. And Bosa, because of one, one-time one things right now. Nelson and Allen, we know are durable. Derwin James is not durable. Um, Saquon Barkley is not durable. There's a lot to be said for being durable. Because you may be 24, but you're not durable and you're out of the league by the time you're 28. Then what does it matter what Sam Teets thought about you? <laughs> Let's be quick. It never matters what Sam Teets thought about you. But... I think the like you said, the, that was the old cliche. The best ability is availability. So if you were building a team, I could see why you would prioritize maybe someone like Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders who are much further down this list. Someone like those guys who stay healthy much more than someone like, like Saquon Barkley. Yeah, because if you gave me a choice right now between Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, I would take Josh Jacobs just because I think he's going to be healthy and he's going to play, even though he was banged up a little bit this year. He's not missing entire seasons. Um, DK Metcalf at nine, I can see. I think he needs to be able to control himself a little bit better. Jesse Bates at 10. Jesse Bates is a stud. Him and Von Bell together, one of the best sa- safety combos in the NFL. That's the only place you can say that about the Bengals, though. Yeah, he. I mean, Jesse Bates was awesome this year. and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't get as much attention. Maybe it's because he plays in Cincinnati, maybe because he's a Bengal. But Jesse Bates is arguably the best. Safety in the NFL this year. That's why I haven't even ahead of Mike Fitzpatrick Patrick started the year off slow. Jesse Bates was good pretty much year round. Well, I think Jesse Bates is better than Fitzpatrick. I think he's more consistent than Fitzpatrick. Well, that plays into what I said. Fitzpatrick started the year off really to really ramp it up. And by week six or seven, he kind of had it figured out, but it took six or seven weeks to get to that point. All right, AJ Brown. I I might put AJ Brown ahead of DK Metcalf. It's close, right? I mean, A.J. Brown, did you see the thing last night? He came out and said that he had had knee injuries 
right around week two, and the team that said they were going to try to shut him down for the year, he ended up playing throughout the rest of the year with injured knees, and he made the Pro Bowl. I think A.J. Brown is an incredible player, and of course he's physical. He's arguably physically as D.K. Metcalf, just as well built, a little bit smaller, but I think Brown in the long run could be the better wide receiver. He has two 1,000-yard seasons to his name already, and things are just starting to get heat up for him. He's 23 years old. Now, it's really mind-blowing to me that the guy who's number 14 was actually the NFL MVP last year. Yeah, I have a list from last year. I'm trying to see where I put Lamar. I put Lamar pretty high last year, but he, like you said, he, there was a drop-off this year. I'm sure you'll acknowledge that as well. You'll point it out. There was a drop-off this year compared to what we saw last season, largely because like, the, deep, the deep passes that helped him throw for 36 touchdowns last year were not there this season. Pass rating dropped off from 14 to 99. So it's not a devastating fall-off, but it's certainly a drop there. But Lamar, my question are we ever going to see him develop as a passer? I don't know if you will in the current system they're running offensively there. And if they don't, like I said, really shake things up this year, it's just going to be a repeat of the season every single year until he gets hurt or until you, something falls off. you got to give him weapons at wide receiver to find out. And then you've got to be willing to call pass plays that are not high school pass plays. I mean, their offense is so dumbed down when it comes to throwing the ball. I don't know if that's because of Lamar. I don't know if it's because of the receivers they have. But I would think Lamar could handle more than what he's doing. Lamar was actually a solid drop-back passer at Louisville. I don't understand why they are kind of limiting him here. Well, my friend who's a Ravens fan sent me some plays from the season where they have literally four receivers in a row across the field lined up eight yards, eight or nine yards downfield from the from Lamar Jackson. They're all lined up. They're all turned around facing Lamar and just looking at him. It's four guys in a row across the field, eight or nine yards downfield. And it just won't work yeah. in the athlete. You can't have all run to find just turning around and hoping that maybe you'll create a little separation there. That's short passing. And it happened multiple times this year. I just think Greg Roman, and Greg Roman had trouble with this in the past too with other jobs. You need to get more interested in the passing game and developing some kind of here with the passing game rather than just focusing and being solely on a record-setting run team. All right, you got 15 Christian Goodwin or Godwin. You've got 16 Tristan Wirfs, 17 Marlon Humphrey. Um, I might actually put Wirfs a little bit higher. Wirfs is very good this year, right? Yeah, I, I, I would put Wirfs ahead of Godwin. I would put Wirfs ahead of Lamar Jackson. But I'd put everybody ahead of Lamar Jackson because I just think he's overrated. I think he's a good quarterback, but I think he's a guy his whole career is going to sit somewhere between 8 and 15, which is not what a guy who won the MVP in his second year should do. I think Marlon Humphrey, he's physical. I still think he has trouble covering quicker wide receivers, but I think he's a hell of a player. Yeah, and he had eight forced fumbles this year, which led the NFL. So he's, a very, he's very good at finding the ball. I know you're you're right with the quickness and stuff like that. He doesn't match up with every elite receiver. Like there are guys he can stick with, and when the ball is around him, he'll make a play. He just finds a way to make plays. He's a little more consistent than Peters as well. So I do like what he brings to the table. All right, eighteen Frank Ragnall. That's the guy I wanted the Bengals to get the year they picked Billy freaking Price to play or the player after him. And there's a big difference. But I don't think Billy Price is on your list, right? I haven't looked at all of it, but. I'm betting he's, he's not, not there. there. Okay. Number 19, where we talked about Joe Burrow. 20, Chase Young. 
I think this might be a little low. Yeah, you like him a little bit higher? Yeah, I think I do. Not I mean, I, I think he was better this year than what I expected him to be. I mean, the injuries yeah, kind of kicked you ass, but he was a dominant player at the end of the year where he needed him to be. Yeah, he took a little, he had a little bit of mid-season slump there. So he was also dealing with injuries about that time. So I don't think he was playing healthy, but the final, let's say, six or seven weeks of the season, he was just as on fire as anyone else in the NFL. I think he had quite the rookie year that Nick Bosa had. Obviously, Bosa was much better. But Chase Young is Nick still Bosa. a great... Nick, Nick, Nick Bosa is special. Chase Young is yeah. really, really good. He's going to be a pro bowler. Hell, he might even be a Hall of Famer by the time he's done. Nick Bosa, if he stays healthy, is a first ballot Hall of Famer when he's done. Yeah, and that's just the difference. I mean, Nick Bosa is that great. It's not that Chase Young's not a good player. He is. But Nick Bosa is that great. All right, Leighton Vander Esch. This is another guy that I think is a little low just because of the injuries. So I think you, you know, held that against some people, and some people you didn't. Hey, you could, you could, I had Vander Esch maybe around this ranking last year as well because he was a second-team All-Pro as a rookie, but now two seasons in a row where he's been banged up. And when he's been on the field, been 100%. He's not looked like his usual. He was phenomenal. And even when he's been healthy and playing the past two years, he just has not looked like the Alps as a rookie. And I love Leighton Vanderush. I love the linebacking class from that year. It was Darius Leonard, Leighton Vanderush, both came in and they were phenomenal right away. And I love good linebackers to play off ball. I love those guys. They're very fun to watch. But Vanderush just has not been the same guy since getting back. Even when he's been healthy the past two years, he's not been the same player. All right, 22, Roquan Smith. 23, Justin Herbert. I think a lot of people would be surprised to see Herbert so low on your list, especially Bobby Sheridan. This is going to have him furious. <laughs> yeah, Bobby might not like that, but you think about where I put Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm putting these guys, or I'm trying not to value the quarterback position more than I value other positions on the field. Yeah, but frankly, let's, face Roquan it, Smith, let's face it, though, yeah, real least, quick. Real quick, the most valuable position on a football team is the quarterback, though, Sam. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just trying to even the playing field a little bit. Because otherwise, we would have like five quarterbacks or four quarterbacks in the top 20. I don't want to just stack it up with quarterbacks. I want to actually give a chance to respect the where players are playing equally as well better. And guys like Roquan Smith, who's really improved since entering the NFL, it's become one of the better pass coverage linebackers in the league. It's like all pro this year versus Justin Herbert, maybe a between 8 to 14 on the quarterback power rankings this entire season, I would much rather have a guy like Roquan Smith who are talking about, you know, taking away the value of the quarterback position above, obviously, a linebacker. Yeah, and I think this Justin Herbert looked like Justin Herbert to me. To me, he's a front runner. He has trouble reading defenses. I think that he routinely, as you put in this article, makes poor decisions. That comes from struggling reading defenses. And when he played the better defenses this year, he did struggle. I still think this is a kid that's probably going to sit somewhere between 8 and 14 his entire career. I don't think he's ever going to be on the level of a Joe Burrow. And I don't think that he's nearly as good as Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson either, who will be coming out this year. That was for Bobby also. I mean, Zach Wilson, the more I look at Zach Wilson, he's really got a chance to be special. Zach Wilson is a phenomenal athlete. And the way he extends plays and rolls out kind of reminds me more of a Russell Wilson type player than – Hey, wait a Gordon second Mitchell. here. Wait a second. When I first brought Zach Wilson, might be better than Trevor Lawrence up. You seemed appalled. And now a week later, it sounds like you're starting to come around. Trevor Lawrence is still a better player. I'm just saying Zach Wilson is very good as well. He's really not. What's he do better? It's a good question, actually. Exactly. Exactly. 
So there you go. I can't really tell, I can tell you Zach Wilson does better besides run. I think I Zach can. Wilson runs a I little can. bit. I, I could tell you, I think Zach Wilson is better under pressure in a pocket. I think he reads a defense better than Trevor Lawrence also. And, and he's tell you better. the difference, really. And he's got better feet. But all right, number 24, Marcus Williams for the New, New Orleans Saints. Excellent safety. 13 interceptions, 30 pass defense in his first four seasons. I think this is a guy people kind of overlook sometimes. Wait, just the NFL is just full of dynamic safeties right now. Guys like Jesse Bates, McFitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, Harrison Smith. These guys just do more. And it's not necessarily the fault of Marcus Williams. He fits really well with what the Saints are trying to do, but he's more of that center field safety, the classic center field safety that doesn't have to come up near the line, whereas guys like Harrison Smith are better at, at disguising coverages. They play more near the line. You can bring him in the splits. Just do a little bit more, and that's where he gets buried so often. All right, I'm just going to drop down to 29, Kyler Murray. I guess that's all right, but he's not going to be any good, Sam. He's already been decent. He's not terrible right now. He's not great, but he's not terrible. Yeah, but when you're drafted number one in the draft, you should be better than not terrible. Uh, that is true, but you also have to admit there's a lot of teams that have missed with number one picks in the history. Yeah, but it doesn't make it all right to keep He's at least 31, Devin White, I think should be much higher. And I know you talk about the naked eye and the fact that they try to hide him because of his weak pass coverage. No, they're using his strength. They're using him as a blitzer. If you watch the dude play this week, he's all over the place, Sam. I don't know what more you want. And I can I can afford to have a dude that is weak in pass coverage and use him as a blitzer all the time, especially a guy that's that big of a beast. One off-ball linebacker that allows an 82.6 completion percentage when tar targeted during a season. Yeah, but how many times was he targeted? looking his way. I don't care. How many times did he knock the quarterback on their ass? How did how does he affect games? He affected that playoff game. And he's a big reason why they beat the Saints in the playoffs. So I think this, he may have some negative effects, and I'm not saying put him in the top 10. But number 31, I think, is way low for a guy we just saw have a direct effect on whether his team kept playing or not. Let me put it this way. Roquan Smith entered the NFL like Devin White, allowing terrible pass coverage sets, was not covering guys well. Roquan Smith, over the past three years, has developed into a guy who's allowing like a few, something or other pass rating when targeted. Roquan Smith is great in pass coverage. You can use him basically everywhere you want. Devin White right now. If you're not using him in a scheme like the way Tampa Bay is right now, he's not going to play out well. He would not be a Pro Bowl or an All-Pro if he was playing different systems. But they're playing to his strength. They don't want him to cover a guy in the pass very often. When I watch them, I mean, he's usually a downhill linebacker. I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, there's been a lot of downhill NFL linebackers in the Hall of Fame. I mean, so maybe he can't cover. If I got three other guys that can cover, I'm going to bring Devin White because, once again, the, the difference on this defense from the Washington game to the New Orleans game was night and day, and I think it was mainly because of Devin White. I don't know. He's playing next to a guy like Levante David, and Levante David looks awfully right next to Devin White. He looks what? He looks awfully awesome next to Devin White. Yes, he does. Levante David yeah. is... Huh? Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Levante David is what? Infinitely better than Devin White. 
Hmm. He is, but they play different positions. That's that's fair. They do they do operate entirely differently. And I hate to tell you this, but Levante David has made even better having Devin White next to him and vice versa. So I would say right now you give Tampa Bay the credit for being able to use it that way. All right. I could I could see it, but I was still I'm not a huge Devin White fan. Not yet. There are a lot of linebackers out there. Pat like uh What's his name? Patrick Young, who they just added to Baltimore, Tremaine Edmonds in Buffalo. There's still like young linebackers in their oh, first love, three years. I, I love Edmonds. I, I really struggle I, in I pass coverage. I, mean, I love Edmonds. You, you can struggle in pass coverage, but Edmonds is why they beat Baltimore. He's why they stopped that run. How many times did you see Lamar Jackson take off around the corner and you see Edmonds track his ass down and smack him when he got around the corner? I mean, do we want that or do we want a guy that's pretty good in pass coverage too that can't get there? I mean, I'm telling you this. One guy that can do both. No, I don't care. If I got a dude that could go bust somebody's ass at the line of scrimmage, I want him because that's how you win football games, by stopping the run. And if you play Baltimore, you got to stop the run. They stopped the run. And a lot of it was because of Edmonds. So once again, the way Baltimore or Buffalo uses Edmonds, they're not really worried about whether he can cover the pass or not. He's their hammer. You got to have a hammer to have a great defense. Especially now, we could just have a Luke Keekley or a Levante David that can both cover the pass and also stop the run. Luke Keekley is an inside linebacker, correct? Yeah. Okay. Do you take Devin White? I, I don't. I take at Devin White as being this. If you're playing a four-three, you're really playing a four-two. And what you've got with White is you've got a hybrid. He's a downhill player. That's what you don't understand. He, they haven't worried about making him better in coverage because their defense the last couple of years has played off of him and Levante David and what their strengths are. Yeah, it would be great if White could cover, but on a big play, White's ass is still coming to get somebody. We're not going to drop him into coverage. We're going to let him go beat somebody. We're going to let him go hit the quarterback. That's what he's there for. I think number 34, Darnell Savage, is, is really bad that you've got him that low. <laughs> I think. It's in our question of there's a lot of good safeties in the league right now, but I think Savage, who would you put him above? I could see putting him ahead of Becton because Becton was good, but not great left tackle this year. Uh, I would put him ahead of DJ Moore. I would put Devin White much higher. Dexter Lawrence higher. Kyler Murray should be lower. Bradley Chubb, to me, should be lower. Um, Brian Burns, I think, should be a little higher. Braden Smith, I think, should be a little bit lower. I don't care if he's in a Pro Bowl discussion or not. I watched him three or four times this year. I didn't think he was overly awesome. Orlando Brown Jr., I don't think played that great. I think he's going to be very good. I think he played out of position, but I think he gets a little too much credit there. Roquan Smith, I think you've got too high. Leighton Vander Esch, I think you've got too high. I mean, when I look at Leighton Vander Esch, and we compare him to a guy like Devin White, I'd rather have Devin White. Once again, I want killers on my defense. You know, Tremaine Evans should be higher. Yeah, but Tremaine Evans is a middle linebacker. He's running a 4-3 yeah. there. He is the center linebacker there. He is the guy who has coverage from the long jar. He plays the same position Luke Keekley did for a while. Yeah, but I don't care. He makes plays. I want guys that make plays in big situations. He does. So does Savage. I, I think this. I think Makai Becton actually should be a little higher just because I didn't think he would be this good. And I think he's going to turn out to be really good, especially now that the Jets are going to have, you know, some adults coaching their football team. 
I think Becton's only going to get better because of that. But it's not going to be bug-eyed Adam Gase anymore. I kind of it does add a little bit of extra level to some of the potential of the guys on that team. Yeah, I, I think Denzel Ward, outside of the injury concern, is going to be really good. I think Lattimore. I think Joe Mixon. You've got way too high. I don't even know if Joe Mixon would make my top fifty. I was really back to honestly. I I was up on him. I thought he could be maybe like thirty nine was the highest. I was willing to go putting him on the high end. They had him down to like forty eight at one point. I just wasn't sure where he fit. Yeah, I mean, you're probably about right with him, but the injuries are a huge concern. And I mean, he averaged seventy one yards a game. He signed a four year twelve forty eight million dollar extension, which he never should have gotten. That was a huge mistake. But I'll take Tremaine Edmonds any day over Joe Mixon. If you I, were I the GM of the Bills, I, if you were the GM of the Bills and I was the GM of the Bengals, I would do that trade in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not supposed to pay running backs that much money. That's when you start running to issues for your cap. Yeah, and I think J.K. Dobbins would be ranked much better if he was on a different team. I mean, he's splitting carries with like five other guys. Yeah, yeah. If he was the the lead back for sure, I think he would average close to ninety to one hundred yards per game. He'd be that good. I love what J.K. Dobbins has done this year. All right, I, I think your list overall is pretty good, considering you made it. I think Antonio Gibson should be considering high. the Lamar I like that kid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're a lot outside really of the Lamar Jackson crap. Yeah, I think Cam Akers should be higher. And there's a pretty picture of Joe Burrow, which tells you, you know, who the best guy is, anyways. You just won't admit it. I figured I could appease you by putting Joe Burrow as the main picture, despite having him down closer to the bottom. <clears throat> I know what you were doing. I don't find it cool, or you know, it's just <laughs> it's sad that you got a pander like that. <clears throat> What else do we have to talk about? What about Michael Thomas? That don't look good. Multiple surgeries. Yeah, I saw multiple season-ending surgeries there. I had to start wondering about his health because, I mean, the whole year, it wasn't just this past week and it wasn't just the past couple of weeks. The entire season for Michael Thomas has basically been lost. But you almost wonder. Obviously, he helped out the Saints being on the field at the points in times, but he never had a catch against Tampa Bay. In and You have to wonder would he have been better off just being shut down for a season, basically, instead of having to go out there playing the way he was? All right. Dan Campbell was named the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Like it or not? Wasn't that the guy who was the interim head coach in Miami like five or six years ago? Oh, I think, yeah, I think he was for like 12 games. And I don't think he's ever been a coordinator in the NFL. Um, been there for like 20 years. He's viewed as a motivator and someone who can bring a team together rather than an X's and O's guru. Um, I don't know if anybody could be a good hire in Detroit just because it's Detroit, but. It seems like a Detroit hire, though. Like, this seems like Detroit hires that coach. I think I saw, I did see his contract earlier was maybe six years, I want to say. It's either five or six years. And that just seems like a, a long time to bring in a guy who's a former assistant and assistant head coach and a tight ends coach who really doesn't have much experience beyond that level. Yeah, I, it's I don't six know. years. It's six years, but I think they're just paying him fifteen dollars an hour, which will be their new minimum wage. I mean, I I just don't get it. If you're Detroit, you probably couldn't get many of the top coaching candidates because who would want to go to Detroit? I, I don't love this hire. Yeah, for Detroit, I love it. 
it's Detroit. What the <laughs> hell? That Why way, it'll give McGinnis something to bitch about. But I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad hire. He's been in the league long enough. He's considered a motivator, whatever the hell that means. He needed to motivate the Saints to win a you know, couple playoff games over the last few years. But it's the Detroit Lions, so it is what it is. How many job openings do we have left? Just two, right? It's Philadelphia and Houston at this point. So you think Philadelphia is going to go with Josh McDaniels? I mean, it sounded like yesterday that was going to be where they're going. They haven't made any progress towards the deal, it looks like. But Josh McDaniels seems to be the front runner for that job. And it's just a question of if he actually decides to take it or just he decides to tuck tail, turn around, and go back to New England halfway down the line. I don't know why, if you're if you're Philadelphia, why you're not going after Buffalo's offensive coordinator right now for Carson Wentz. I think he, Dable actually said he's not accepting any positions of the remaining ones. Dable said he's going back to Buffalo this for next year. I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. He's just going to trade away your only asset, and the other yeah. one's Philadelphia. And they don't have many assets. And the assets they have now are kind of bruised and tainted. <laughs> Carson Wentz has not looked at the way he was. So... All right. What's our topic for tomorrow, Sam? I have no idea, Mike. We have to give me some we, time we, to think about that. We go top 10 championship games of all time. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's do it. You'll have to do some research then. All right, guys. I will. Make sure you check out our, our Path of Purity at pathofpurity.direct for the best CBD there is. Gets into your blood system within the first 20 minutes. Stays in there for 12 hours. Time releases. I highly recommend it. Check out pathofpurity.direct. You can follow Sam Teets at SamTeets33. You can follow me at Grueling Truth. Make sure you check us out on Rockfin. Go like our Facebook group page, which we've got close to 80,000 followers now on, Sam. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers. We've really shot up here in the past couple of like, months, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's been running up. So everybody get over there to the Grueling Truth Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. And we're on Anchor.fm now, Spotify. Wherever you find sports podcasts, you'll find The Grueling Truth. So for now, for Sam Teets, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak.